Today's episode is about a massacre of an innocent family after they left Bible study one night. It is brutal, and there are no words to express how awful this crime really was. Please use discretion, as some aspects of the case may be triggering to some. This is Crooked Hospitality. I'm your host, Mae Smith, and this is the story of the Parker Family Massacre in Quitman County, Mississippi. It was a dark and stormy night in rural Quitman County on February 2, 1990. Mr. Billy King made his way through the rain as he drove to visit his friend, Carl, who was also known as Bubba Parker. It was pretty late at night, around 10.30, but Billy knew that the Parkers wouldn't be getting back home from Bible study until about that time. As he made his way down their driveway, Billy saw Carl's red Chevy pickup truck speed past him and disappear into the night. He began to feel heat as he got closer to the house, and then he saw it. The Parker family house was on fire. Emergency services were notified immediately. As they arrived on scene to begin rescue efforts, a call came in to 911. Fifteen miles away from the burning house, a Clarksdale resident, Eddie Lee Sprawls, was asleep in his home when the sound of a truck door slamming woke him up. As he looked out his window, he saw a red Chevy pickup truck sandwiched between two houses. It was obvious that the two men in the truck were attempting to hide it as it was loaded down with household valuables like appliances and furniture. He watched as two black men got out of the truck and headed toward Highway 61 on foot. This is when Eddie called 911 and reported it. Meanwhile, rescue efforts were being made for the family of four who were presumed to be inside the home. Within the first hour of the fire, three bodies were recovered, those belonging to Carl Parker, who was 58, 9-year-old Charlotte Joe and 12-year-old Gregory. The fire would burn for four more hours before the remains of 45-year-old Bobby Joe, the matriarch of the family, would be recovered. Her body had been burned so severely, she was beyond even DNA recognition. In fact, the body that is in her grave is only presumed circumstantially to be hers. Immediately after the bodies were brought out of the burning house, it was evident that the fire was no accident and that the fire was not what killed these people. They were found with their hands bound together, and they were all shot. When firefighters found Carl, his wrists were severed from trying to get out of the extension cord that bound his wrists together, and his ring finger had been completely cut off. The next morning, authorities found the two men seen dropping off Carl Parker's truck and promptly arrested them. They were known as Anthony Carr, who was 56 years old, and Richard Simon, who was 27. They began to piece together the events that happened the night before, the events that led to the massacre of the Parker family. The Friday afternoon before the fire, the Parker family got into their Chevy and headed to church to attend Bible study like they normally do. Bobby Joe worked there as a secretary and a pianist. Once Bible study ended around 10 p.m., they headed home. As they entered their house, they realized with horror that they were interrupting a burglary. Two men were rummaging around through their things and stopped to look at the family when they walked in. Things turned ugly fast, and the two men took control over Carl, tying him up. They then tied the rest of the family up. 
What happened next is truly one of the most disturbing things I've ever heard of. So, trigger warning. These two men proceeded to rape nine-year-old Charlotte in front of her family. They cut Carl's ring finger off of his left hand so they could steal his wedding ring. They then shot all four members of the family in the head using a 32 caliber Winchester rifle and a 38 revolver. Now, during the investigation into the massacre, authorities learned that Anthony Carr's hand was behind the trigger that shot these victims. This was presented in Carr's separate trial that took place in September of 1990 in an Alcorn County courthouse. Also presented was the testimony of Carr's cellmate at the time, who claimed that after Carr took a blood test, he asked his cellmate if they would be able to tell if he raped that little girl. Added in the evidence of his trial was his confession. The jury took less than a day to sentence him to death. However, there were issues with this court case, issues that were later brought to light by Carr's defense team. First, the defense said that there was testimony that alleged that the murders were committed as part of a murder-for-hire job, not a burglary-gone-wrong situation. Next, Carr's IQ is a 63, which falls into the mentally disabled category. This fact was discredited and thrown away during trial. Lastly, the jury consisted of all white members, a fact that suggests a racial bias in the 1990 Mississippi courtroom. Also, a fact that is bizarre being that Quitman County had a population of around 10,000, 7,000 of which are black, meaning that 70% of the county was African American. How is it even possible that there was not a single black member of the jury? Statistically, all white juries have an 81% chance of convicting a person of color. Yet, when just one person of color is added to the jury, this number disparity is practically decimated. This is reported by the Quarterly Journal of Economics. These issues were brought up in Carr's 2004 post-conviction relief request. The murder-for-hire testimony was hidden from the defense, and that was a direct violation of the court. Because of this, he had a good reason for the state to consider his relief. However, in that same year, the state reviewed the relief request and decided that despite these issues, the buried evidence would not have altered his sentencing and denied his request. As for the other issues mentioned, I can't find anywhere where the state acknowledged the racial aspects or Carr's IQ. Honestly, that may not have changed the outcome of his sentencing either, since the men did confess. The other man involved in this crime was Richard Simon, who was tried separately, but was also found guilty and sentenced to death. Bobby Joe was Carl Parker's second wife. After growing up on a Mississippi farm and serving in the U.S. Navy, Carl came home and married his first wife and had two sons with her, Dean and Scott. Unfortunately, their mother was killed in a car crash when all four of them were hit by another car. Carl went on to marry Bobby Jo and have the two children with her. Carl Parker's oldest sons gave an interview in 2016 about how they feel regarding the two men still sitting on death row for brutally murdering their family more than 26 years ago. They stated that it was time for the state to execute the two men. Now, as I said, this is a brutal case of an innocent family slain for absolutely no reason. I'm happy that investigators got the right men for the crime, 
but I do agree that the process of their prosecution was not just. These two men deserved a jury of their peers, regardless of their crime, just like every other American in our justice system. Let me know what you think. Thank you for listening to this episode of Crooked Hospitality. Y'all stay safe out there. Bye.